Greetings, friends. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the Springfield Shopper. My name is Wayne Ma, and joining me is my co-host, Pratika Rana. Hey, Wayne. So excited to be doing this. Pratika and I, we've been talking a lot about doing a project together, and we thought that there could be nothing better than to do a week-by-week recap of every single episode of The Simpsons. Pratika, how do you feel about this project? It's, there's more than 700 episodes. This is going to take us 14 years. Are you committed to this? And why did you commit to this? Well, for one, it'll keep our friendship going. And I just thought it would be a good way to have something constant as, you know, we go through life changes, maybe career changes, kids and whatnot. That's the one constant that's tying us and hopefully our listeners together. Are you worried about the time commitment it will take? I picked The Simpsons because the episodes are only 22 minutes long. So far, I think so, but I guess only time will tell. Let me ask you, did you know much about The Simpsons before this podcast? I knew nothing at all. The few things that I did know were this, that Simpsons apparently predicted some world events, including Donald Trump's election. And the other thing, actually, this was the main thing that I knew, was that it has a borderline racist Indian character that's voiced over by a white guy. Okay. Now don't you kids take anything. I'm watching you. I've got eyes in the back of my head. So you can imagine the worst stereotypes that Americans have about Indians, which is, you know, India is where I'm from originally, is, yeah, shining right through that character. And that's it. That's all you knew. That's literally all I knew. Well, this is great because I think that this will give us a good dynamic. You know, just to give you a little bit of history, I started watching The Simpsons when it was airing in 1990. So I was seven or eight years old by the time it was out. And I remember seeing my first episode. It wasn't the first episode of The Simpsons. I think it was in the middle of the season. It was an episode about Bart called Bart the General. And basically, I watched that at my cousin's house. And I was, uh, I was just awed by how great that episode was. And then I watched a lot of The Simpsons actually in syndication. And I don't know if you know what syndication is, but it's when a television show in the U.S. reaches like 100 episodes or a critical mass of episodes, and they can start airing them in reruns. And so growing up, they would air The Simpsons at like 6 o'clock at night and also at like 10 o'clock at night. And so I watched all these reruns of The Simpsons growing up. I would say that now there's how many seasons now? There's maybe more than 30 seasons of The Simpsons, 33 seasons. And I've probably watched every episode of the first 10, if not the first 15 seasons. Wow, that is really commendable. I mean, I guess from our the conversations that we've had over the last few weeks and you I should have known by your enthusiasm on doing this podcast at just what a what a big fan you are of the Simpsons but yeah I didn't realize that you were watching them when you were growing up so I grew up in India and we were exposed to American cartoons I mean I grew up on American cartoons the same ones that people in the States watched, but we didn't really have American TV channels. So I think The Simpsons is not something that was playing on Cartoon Network. And so that's why not many people in India grew up watching it. And so I sort of just missed that whole wave. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I was shocked that actually you didn't know much about The Simpsons. I thought it was like a global phenomenon, but I guess, uh, you know, it's been on for 30 years. Well, how old are you actually? Is Are you older than 33 years old? I'm 31! Yeah, so The Simpsons is actually older than you. 
I'm 31, so it's like... <laughs> I noticed when I was watching the first episode for the first time, it said it ran in 1989, so The Simpsons is a year older. It's like my older brother, right? Simpsons is a year older. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like the baby is older than you by now. That's uh, true. <laughs> so let's dive into it. Today we're going to be reviewing the pilot episode of The Simpsons. It's called Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. It actually is unique because it's actually a Christmas episode. Pratika, you probably didn't know this, but it was actually supposed to be the eighth episode of the first season. But due to production delays, they couldn't air the first episode in the fall. And so this was actually the first episode that aired. It was episode eight. It aired December 17th, 1989. Production code was 7G08. It was written by Mimi Pond, directed by David Silverman. And the synopsis is this. Homer's Christmas bonus is canceled, and the rainy day funds are needed for Bart's tattoo removal. Let's get into it. One thing that surprised me about this episode is that even though it wasn't intended to be the pilot, there are a lot of first appearances of lots of characters that will go on to be staples of the Simpsons lore. It's the first appearance of Flanders, their neighbor. And I don't know how much you picked up, but there's like a rivalry between Homer and Flanders. Flanders is Christian. He tends to be more wealthy. They run into each other later on at the store and he drops all these presents. Oh, Flanders. Oh my, what a little mess we've got here. Well, which ones are yours and which ones are mine? Well, let's see. Oh, this one's mine. And this one's mine. (laughs) This one's mine. And uh, they're all yours. I absolutely remember that. And I was going to tell our listeners how relatable I found that. On top of losing his Christmas bonus, now he has to deal with these show-off neighbors. I mean, that's kind of something that we all have felt from time to time, be it with neighbors or friends or co-workers who are just boasting and showing off. So I actually thought that was pretty relatable. And I didn't realize that this wasn't intended to be the first episode for someone who's never seen the show i thought they did a pretty good job at introducing all the characters i mean i didn't feel like something or someone needed an introduction i kind of just followed right on so let's go back to the beginning of the episode they're watching like a school performance right it's like the christmas pageant and in the christmas pageant people are singing these like terrible songs and then suddenly they introduce lisa and lisa's doing like an authentic tribal dance Tawanga, the Santa Claus of the South Seas. Oh, it's Lisa. That's ours. And this really sets up Lisa's character as kind of like the brains of the family, the person who's like cultured. I don't know if you picked that up, that Lisa is very, is like the smartest one of all of them. Yeah, I was was pretty impressed with that performance because the other ones were pretty cheeky. I think that was a play on Japan or uh, Germany. And I was like, okay. And then suddenly Lisa comes on with these like intricate moves and juggling. And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty dope. I mean, later on, they actually kind of further Lisa's character when she talks to Patty and Selma, the ants. Which which again, this is the first appearance of Patty and Selma, the the sister-in-laws that Homer hates. (laughs) And of course, they hate Homer. And, uh, you know, Patty or, or Selma, I can't remember who, is trashing Homer. And Lisa says this. Well... I wish you wouldn't, because aside from the fact that he has the same frailties as all human beings, he's the only father I have. Therefore, he is my model of manhood, and my estimation of him will govern the prospects of my adult relationships. So I hope you bear in mind that any knock at him is a knock at me, and I am far too young to defend myself against such onslaughts. 
Mm-hmm. Go watch your cartoon show, dear. Whoa! Like that is some like feminist. Wow! Like right there, you know. Yeah. So that sets up like Lisa's kind of character, and、um, yeah, I was curious, like, if you got that, if you. Figured that out. That Lisa's kind of the smartest character of the family. Oh, absolutely! I was really wowed by that. Yeah, by what she said, and by the writers, and how they chose a little, you know, girl to deliver these lines. I thought that was really dope, and I also found it pretty funny. You know, I, I was like, "Wow, she just schooled her aunts, and how are they going to react to this? Being older women." And they're just like, ah,、eh, okay. And I was like, all right, that's okay. That's that's funny. And now a word from one of our sponsors. <laughs> have you been feeling down lately? Do you have feelings of loneliness, hopelessness, or sadness? Are you at the end of your rope? Well, thankfully, there's hope. Founded in 1950 by revolutionary science fiction author L. Ron Hubbard. Scientology is a religion that offers a precise path leading to a complete and certain understanding of one's true spiritual nature. It follows a long tradition of religious practices, and its roots lie in the deepest beliefs and aspirations of all great religions, thus encompassing a deep heritage as old and as varied as man himself. In Scientology, no one is asked to accept anything as belief or faith. An individual discovers for himself that Scientology works by personally applying its principles and observing or experiencing the results. What are your goals? Where are you going? Why are you here? What are you? No matter the difficulties you may be facing in life, Scientology offers the best answers. Visit www.whatisscientology.org to take a free personality test and ask your doctor if Scientology is right for you. Side effects may include headache, nausea, vomiting, dizziness, dysentery, scurvy, diarrhea, cardiac arrest, dark and still more vomiting, mild discomfort, vampirism, sugar high, even more vomiting, bankruptcy, and death. Scientology, because you're worth it. So after the pageant, they're at home and they're trying to figure out their presence. They're writing letters to Santa. Lisa asks for a pony, and the mother Marge is trying to talk about how they are trying to save money. And this kind of sets up Marge's character, who is like kind of the matriarch of the family. She's like the most responsible one, right? She's like saving for them. Ellis Marge, where have you been hiding the Christmas money? Oh, I have my secrets. Turn around. You can look now. Oh, big jar this year! I thought March was very endearing right from the beginning, and I thought that episode set her up to be a very caring wife. I really liked that dynamic. You know, we see so many of these dramas these days. We see, you know, bitchy women, and it's just like, what is this like scheming going on? I just thought that it was she was really endearing and a really nice. Motherly figure and a you know supportive wife, and then of course Marge takes the kids Christmas shopping. They go to the mall. Now this is where they kind of set up Bart's character. He sneaks away. He gets a tattoo that reads "mother" or it almost reads "mother" on his arm, thinking that his mom will like it. Oh, Bart, that's so sweet. It's the best present a mother could get, and it makes you look so dangerous. One mother, please. Wait a minute. How old are you? Twenty-one, sir. Get in a chair. And then, of course, you know his mom finds him, drags him to the dermatologist, and they、uh, they use these lasers to remove it. And then, basically, use all the money that they saved for the year for Christmas. <gasps> But mom, I thought you'd like it. 
Yes, Mrs. Simpson, we can remove your son's tattoo. It's a simple routine involving lasers. Cool. However, it is rather expensive, and we must insist on a cash payment up front. Cash? <laughs> Thank God for Homer's Christmas bonus. What did you think about that mall scene and kind of like what happened? I thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, Bart sort of fantasizing that Marge will be so impressed. You know, he got this mom tattoo and Marge's reaction is, of course, nowhere close to it. I also noticed that, uh, you know, the episode sets th that sort of scene sets uh, Bart up to be cheeky. And I was, in fact, looking for and this the episode kind of builds it up. But, uh, yeah, they've definitely set him up to be the cheeky and naughty one um, right at the very start. Then we cut to the power plant. Homer is basically being told by his boss, Mr. Burns. And this is the first appearance of Mr. Burns, his boss. And they're basically told there's no Christmas bonus this year. And now, our boss and friend, Mr. Burns. Hello. I'm proud to announce that we've been able to increase safety here at the plant without increasing the cost to the consumer or affecting management pay raises. However, for you semi-skilled workers, there will be no Christmas bonuses. Oh, oh, I don't know about you, Pratika, but like I, I haven't had a Christmas bonus almost ever in my career. Have you? <laughs> Never. I mean, as, as journalists, I don't even know what that means. This seems to be a plot point, uh, not just in uh, The Simpsons, but there's like a movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where again, they're... Uh, the whole point is that they're trying to get this Christmas bonus and they don't get it. And, you know, what do you do? I've worked in India, Hong Kong, and now in San Francisco. And it wasn't, I mean, Christmas bonuses weren't a thing in India or in Hong Kong. But surprisingly, they aren't a thing even right now in the U.S., especially not, or at least not with my um, employer. That said, I definitely can feel the pain that Homer was feeling because the, the pain is real. It's a very middle class pain. And I, I, I found that super relatable because it, back in India, we have, you know, Diwali is kind of the Christmas equivalent, I guess. It's the biggest festival and you do have Diwali bonuses. So, you know, if that was taken away from our parents growing up and maybe it is an an 80s and 90s thing you would definitely feel the pain as a middle class family homer finds out mars spent the family's christmas money on the tattoo removal and so now he doesn't know what to do this is the classic kind of sitcom plot he doesn't tell marge what happened he tries to find some sort of scheme to to save christmas right so he decides to go to the mall to um to learn how to be a santa claus at the mall Watch with a crazy get-up, Barn. I got me a part-time job working as a Santa down at the mall. Wow. Can I do that? Well, I don't know. They're pretty selective. And they have this whole scene where he's, like, learning to be Santa with other people. Like, what did you think about that? Were there Santas? You know, do you ever go to the mall and see Santa as a kid? I really laughed at the Santa training in the episode. All they were taught was ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. What is it now, Simpson? Uh, when do we get paid? Not a dime till Christmas Eve. Now, from the top. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. One of the things that the, uh, of the teaching was that they have a very strict German teacher. He's like a very strict like German <laughs> like instructor. You're not really a Santa, Tubby. Why, you little... No, hey, no, hey. Homer. 
If such an emergency arises, you just tell them Santa's very busy this time of year and you're one of his helpers. Oh, I do that one too. Interesting. I actually didn't I didn't pick up on that at all. At the mall, Bart goes there and he pulls Santa's beard and it turns out it's Homer. Hey Santa, what's shaking, man? What's your name, partner? Uh, little partner? Well, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? I'm Charlie Old St. Nick. Oh, yeah? We'll just see about that. And Homer takes him aside and says, I'm trying to make money for the family. And this is kind of a rare moment where Bart Bart actually praises his father. I'll say, Dad, you must really love us to sink so low. Which is really rare because, of course, I don't know if you knew this, but Simpsons has a reputation for not being good on family values. Oh, really? We had a Republican president at the time. It was George H.W. Bush. And in his speech on family values, George H.W. Bush actually said, Well, let me tell you something. We are going to keep on trying to strengthen the American family to make American families a lot more like the Waltons and a lot less like the Simpsons. Oh, my God. Which is like the characters from Leave it to Beaver, like a 1950s black and white sitcom. When you watch this episode, it's actually very tame compared with what you have now, like South Park, Rick and Morty, all these kind of like shows where people are swearing and doing like terrible things. I don't know the historical context at all, because like I was saying before, I got the impression that it's going to be really sweet and, you know, it's it's all middle class struggles but family that sticks together and stands up for each other and cares for each other that's the impression i got watching the first episode but i guess over the course of the many years that we do this i guess i'll i'll learn more 33 years ago the simpsons was considered like this notorious show because it was raunchy as they said which is crazy considering what's on tv right now kids weren't allowed to watch it Wow, it's it's a good tip. I mean, considering we're going to be doing this for over a decade, maybe I should keep my uh, kids away, my future kids, from uh, watching these as I watch them. <laughs> no Simpsons right, for you. Right, right, right. Only, uh, only the yeah. only the show that um, you know the former president suggested. And now a word from one of our sponsors. <laughs> In 1901, John Francis Queenie, our company's founder, had the brilliant idea to invent saccharin, an artificial sweetener that would later be used in everything from drinks and candy to good old apple pie. Today, our company has offices, manufacturing plants, and research facilities in more than 100 countries around the world. Working with farmers and partners, we commit to never stop searching for smarter ways to grow food, safer ways to protect it, and new ways to make it more nourishing, all while putting less stress on the environment. Every day, we put our knowledge and skills to work on behalf of mankind, investing in delivering high-quality products that help make life just a little bit better. A world without hunger, a future without disease, we care about you. This advertisement was paid for by Monsanto and its parent company, Bayer Akin Gesellschaft. So then Homer gets his check for the Santa gig. It turns out to be almost like no money at all. This was one of my favorite scenes of the episode where after doing, you know, after being Santa and after having his beard pulled out by Bart, he ends up with $13 and as payment. And the woman goes like, yeah, you know, $120 or something in, in gross. And then it's minus tax, minus training, minus social security, minus whatever else. And there you go, $13. 
And that was so relatable even today because I now live in California and every time I look at my paycheck, I'm just like, oh my God. First of all, I don't make that much. And second, where did all this money go? Why am I left with peanuts? So when I saw that, I was just like, wow, that, that you know, hits home. <laughs> Come on, son. Let's go cash this baby and get presents for... <laughs> 13 bucks? Hey, wait a minute. That's right, $120 gross. Less social security, less yes. unemployment insurance, but less Santa training, Santa less training. costume purchase, wait a less beard rental, less Christmas but, club. But See you next year. Oh. Homer and Bart go to the racetrack, right? After Barney says he's going to like bet money um, at the racetrack. So Pratico, up until now, what were you thinking was going to happen? You know? I thought he was going to win the money and save the day. Yeah, that's like a very, um, that, that would be the predictable ending. Right. Yeah, and I was also like, oh, this this show is like 30 years old. How, you know, how many twists can it have? So far, it seems like a sweet show about upholding family values and going the extra mile for your family. That's the direction that I was expecting it to go in. So, of course, they're at the racetrack and they, instead of betting on, you know, Barney's horse, they there's a last minute entry named Santa's Little Helper. It's 99 to 1 odds. You know, they've got, they got $13, right? So uh, somebody calculated, like, if they won, they would win almost, you know, $1,297. And so they, uh, they, they make the bet. And, of course, you know, uh, Santa, Santa's Little Helper places last. And then Bart and Homer are actually like in the lot looking for ticket stubs that may have won, but that people threw away, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's like throwing away a lotto ticket. You know, why would somebody do that? And so they're kind of like looking very pitiful, um, you know, outside the track. And, uh, and of course, then you see um, Santa's little helper being berated by his owner. Beat it! Scram! Get lost! You came in last for the last time! Look, Dad, it's Santa's little helper. And don't come back! And he, he gets abandoned, and he starts running toward uh, Homer. Uh, and Homer's like, get away from me! And of course, the dog jumps on him and starts to lick him, and they realize, like, Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, no, you know, maybe this, oh. could be, this could be the gift, right? Oh, can we keep him, Dad, please? But he's a loser! He's pathetic! He's a Simpson. And so then they, uh, so they go home with Santa's little helper, and uh, Homer tells everyone they didn't get the Christmas bonus. But of course, Bart saves the day by introducing Santa's little helper, and everyone's like really happy. Look, everybody, I have a confession to make. This should be good. I didn't get my Christmas bonus. I tried not to let it ruin Christmas for everybody, but no matter what I did... Hey, everybody, look what we got! <laughs> a dog! All right, Dad! God bless him. So love at first sight is possible. And if he runs away, he'll be easy to catch. Oh, this is the best gift of all, Homer. It is? Yes, something to share our love and frighten prowlers. What's his name? Number eight. I, I mean, Santa's little helper. That's sort of the end of the episode. And so, yeah, Pratika, tell me a bit about how you felt overall. I can see now why the show is as relatable as it is. 
I mean, even now, watching it 30 years later, I think a lot of these things are still relevant and are definitely relatable. You know, it just depicted middle class struggles, which are, I guess, I mean, you know, the pain from the Christmas bonus. That's relatable. I think every country has their version of the Christmas bonus and what happens when that's taken away from from a middle class family. What happens when you're contending with competing neighbors? So I can see now why it's so relatable. I also liked, you know, how cheeky they made it and that they're, of course, building these characters to be so much more. I mean, Bart, of course, is going to be cheeky. I like the drama between Marge's sisters and Homer. Of course, there's a rivalry brewing there and we're going to see more drama on that front. Lisa is one to watch as well. Of course, the writers are trying to set her up as someone smart and trying to impart all this knowledge, which a lot of adults around her don't get either. So overall, I I really enjoyed watching it. I thought it was a pretty endearing and cheeky show. There's actually a lot of firsts. Not not only do they introduce a lot of these characters in the first episode, but uh, I don't know if you noticed Homer goes in a scene. And that actually is like a catchphrase that everybody uses now. It's it's spelled D-O apostrophe H. It's uh you know it's when he like makes a mistake or he's very unhappy. Uh, in the script, it's actually called annoyed grunt. Don't! Dan Castellaneta, you know who did the voice, he's the one who came up with that sound. I don't know if you noticed this, Pratika, but a lot of the characters are played by the same voices. So Marge, Patty, and Selma, it's the same voice. And the guy who plays Homer, the voice actor, also does Barney and Flanders and Moe are the same guy. Hank Azaria. Oh, Hank Azaria you know is also the I I know him only because he voiced the Indian character too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he voices a lot of the side characters as well. And Lisa, she doesn't Wait, really voice but, lots but of other... But why? Is that because they were just running tight on their budget? Also, I, I, I just thought they did a great job. I didn't, I didn't pick up on them being the same artist um, at all. So they did a great job, but what was the reason? Yeah, I think part of it is they wanted to save money... But they picked like really good voice actors, and I don't know if you knew, but Bart is actually voiced oh. by a woman. Yeah, Why? yeah, yeah. So uh, her name is Nancy Cartwright. Well, they just like her high, high kind of high pitched kind of voice. Um, but you can't tell, right, that Bart's uh, Bart's Bart's voiced by a woman in the in not the show. at all. And some of the older women are also the voices are kind of frumpy. Um, so I was wondering how they, because that doesn't come that naturally. I was wondering how they put that on the grandpa is also voiced by the the voice of homer and barney oh wow as well so yeah so they're really versatile actors i think for the first season or two the the focus was a lot on bart did you feel they focused on a specific I character thought this episode was homer but i have a confession before i watched this episode i had only heard of bart when i think of the simpsons i think of bart but i thought in my head that homer was bart Somehow I always thought that, oh, like, that's the guy I've seen, you know, in um, ads and whatnot, memes and everything. So I didn't even realize he was called Homer. I thought this episode was definitely focused on him, but I've heard about Bart so much more. It's getting late, so let's wrap this up. So I'll give you some trivia on this episode. One is The Simpsons is actually a spinoff of another show. It's called The Tracy Ullman Show. And that was like, it was kind of like a variety show, kind of like Saturday Night Live. And basically, they just had these like shorts in between their live action sketches. 
And so the, the Simpsons were like actually like these short, like one minute, two minute sketches in between. And then they like blew it out into like a whole. I a whole didn't show. know any of this. I mean, now I'm even more excited to do this because I'm learning so much more as we go along. I'm really excited about this, Pratika. You know, it's going to be a long commitment, 14 years of our lives. Hopefully, we won't.、Uh, we'll still be friends by the end of it. <laughs> And hopefully, you won't. Hopefully, you won't hate me for、uh, for forcing you to watch seven more, maybe 800 episodes of The Simpsons over the next 14 years of your life. But.、Uh, I, I, I'm excited. To, I'm excited about Me this. Me too.、Sure. Next week we're going to be reviewing Bart the Genius, episode 102.、Uh, the synopsis is Bart is moved to a school for the gifted after he switches aptitude tests with another boy. We'll have a special guest and hope to see you next week. Thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at Springfield Show Six. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to get our latest reviews delivered right to your phone every week. Today's program is produced by Kevin Curran, Mark Wilmore, Miranda Thompson, and Max Prose. People who put together today's program also include David Isaacs, Ken Levine, Nels Goldville, and Bob Cushell. Special thanks to Deb Lacusta, Billy Kimball, and Jay Kogan. This has been a Wayne Co. production.